hey everybody, Pastor Steve here, and I'm so happy that you've chosen to spend part of your 4th of July weekend uh, worshiping with us here at North Point. Hope that you've had a, a good weekend. This is uh, one of those weekends where we're always just so grateful for the incredible freedoms that we have in our, in our nation, and we believe those are God-given, and they've been God-blessed, and uh, so it's been great to have the chance to celebrate. Hope it's been good for you. And uh, I'm very excited on this weekend to introduce to you a, a new friend that uh, I got to know just recently named Guy Adams. And um, <clears throat> Guy is the director since, uh, what year did Heart of the Horse get started? 2011, uh, 2012, okay. right in there. Dave. All right, it's about eight years that you yeah. guys have been going. Yeah. Uh, Heart of the Horse Therapy Ranch. Yes. And uh, you're out in Academy, kind of. Yes. Uh, uh, e or north and east, I guess, of Clovis. And, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. East of Clovis. How uh, many acres out there? We're on 20 acres. And how many horses do you have? 22. 22 horses. Yeah. Wow. Boy, I tell you what, to a kid like me who grew up uh, watching cowboy shows the other day when I was out, and uh, we just walked past the tack room, and it was like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm dying to just get on a horse right now. Yeah. And uh, uh, an incredible place. But I know you guys... Um, uh, I learned about you through a friend named Jack Hanna, mm -hmm. and that you guys do work with uh, all, really all sorts of people, uh, special needs, kids, uh, some of our wounded warriors, yeah, I know you've been doing therapy with them, and, and so forth. It's, it's really an amazing thing that you're doing. We're blessed to do it. It's been amazing to me. I'm very humbled mm. every day. Mm. Those kids humble me. Yeah. Well, uh, they're special, special kids especially, and uh, so uh, we praise God for that. In fact, you know, I guess a picture's worth a thousand words. It you, is. You wanted to show us some images of that. Yeah. So you want to set up this video we're going to watch real quick? Well, this video was wrote and performed by Mr. Bill Thornberry, and uh, we added some of our uh, children to it, and it, it just shows an overview of the children that we work with, the medically fragile children that we work with at the heart of the Horse Therapy Ranch. Mm, check this out. had the chance to run and play like other kids. I've never had the strength to kick a soccer ball. But now I'm riding proud and sitting tall on one of God's greatest creatures of all. Until I met you, there wasn't a lot I could do. But with you by my side, I learned how to ride Heart of the horse A place I thank heaven for I ride like nothing gonna hold me back Anymore Heart of the horse It's like I'm a star on the horse thank you heart of the horse 
Everybody needs a leg up once in a while With strong but gentle loving hands Heart of the horse lifted up this broken wounded serviceman Put him on a plan, a recovery course In a saddle on a real good horse All these sleepless nights Maybe I can win this fight A little stronger each day Remember to pray Heart of the horse A place I thank heaven for I ride like nothing's gonna hold me back Not anymore Heart of the horse It's like I'm a star on the horse Heart of the goodness every one of those people is a story that your life has been invested in and oh, yeah. uh, and watching God touch their lives yeah, God took away a lot and put us there and yeah. I'm not complaining at all yeah guy what is it about a horse that uh, becomes the connection point with these people you know it's a lot about movement it's a lot about endorphins you know getting the brain fired up uh, but with me growing up the way I grew up it was a place for me to hide and stay away from the mean things in life. <laughs> and the horse just kind of helped me settle my life. Yeah. And who, I never knew that uh, after all those years without him, wow. we'd be back. Yeah, wow. Well, I know that the secret sauce of Heart of the Horse isn't really a horse. No. It's Jesus. Amen. And uh, one of the things that I wanted you to have a chance to do today is just to, to share with our folks your story about mm -hmm. what Jesus has done in your life. And you were telling me that this passage of scripture from John 15 is a special one. So I'm gonna just read <clears throat> from John 15, uh, the first 12 verses or so, where Jesus says this, I am the true vine and my father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that doesn't produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it'll produce more fruit. Now you're already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you, but remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you're the branches and the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone doesn't remain in me, 
He's thrown aside like a branch and he withers and they gather him, throw him into the fire and they're burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I keep my father's commands and remain in his love. And I've spoken these things to you so that my joy will be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I've loved you. And no one has greater love than this that someone would lay down his life for his friends. And our, Lord, our Lord did that. Yes, he did. So, brother, I want to get out of your way and let you share with the folks All your story. Right. Thank you Bless very you. much. You bet, man. Well, Thank you. Well, as you said, my name is Guy Adams. I'm with the Heart of the Horse Therapy Ranch. And what we do is work with medically fragile children. But the story is not that just, just that today. It's going to be about how we got there. And the only way I can start is with God crept into my life when I wasn't needing him. It wasn't uh, an experience that uh, I thought I had to have him, but there was nothing falling apart in my life. See, I grew up uh, on the streets of San Jose. I've been stabbed three times in the back. I've been shot. I've had an eyeball popped out of my head. Uh, everything I did was to please Guy, to flesh here. But God, when he stepped up, he changed my wife, life, excuse me, my wife and my life in a big way. So the way that happened is my son asked me if he could get a paper route. And I thought, a paper route? I'm going to end up having to do this. And lo and behold to me, did, I didn't know this, but he was saving money to take me, my brothers, my best friend Gilbert, to a thing called Promise Keepers. And when I found out what he was doing, I thought, I'm not going to no religious event. It was the weekend when Tyson was going to fight Holyfield, and I thought, there is no way. Uh, I didn't need God in my life, but I went. And I was shocked to see what was going on there. First of all, I seen people who grew up like I grew up crying. Why in the world are you going to cry? You know, I, I yelled at Ron Clymer. I said, Ron, what are, why are these guys crying? Why, you know, what is going on? I was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. See, there's a battle going on inside of me for my soul. I didn't know this. Uh, all I wanted to do was just leave, go have some beers, do whatever else I used to do, and, and just go watch a fight. That was on a Friday night. Saturday, my son talked me into going back. I went uh, reluctantly. And the battle was even worse that day. It was to the point where I, I was angry at my son now. I wasn't angry uh, at God or any of these people. I was angry at my son. How could you drag me to this? This is a waste of my time. As that time went on, the only waste was me. And God was separating that waste from my soul. I ended up driving home that night and I felt like a drowning man. I started to watch where people had come alongside me. You know, people would say, I'm praying for you. I said, oh, yeah, right, you, whatever, you know. But I could feel those prayers. I could see where uh, a guy named George Burnham was always trying to get me to do better and get off the streets where 
things were just changing in my life, uh, but they were changing for what guy wanted them to be and not what these people were trying to teach me, and that was the word of the Lord. And about three months later, I was at a pastor's house, and I said, Gary, what does it mean to know the Lord? I feel different. I feel like I, 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 I'm a new man. And they, they kind of looked at me and, and nervous chuckles they gave me, and, and then we prayed about it, and I accepted Christ. See, the day after Promise Keepers, I sat there with a beer in my hand, waiting for NASCAR to start. I watched my family get running and out the door they went to church. And I thought, why am I sitting here? I need to go. I need to go experience what they're experiencing. I had such a great time. Maybe this can continue. So I put my beer down. I got dressed and I'm trying to stay calm, I'm excited. I reach down for the door and the door blasts open. Bust my knuckles wide open, I'm madder than a hornet and I look and it's my son, the very kid that talked me into going to this Promise Keepers. He was, there was no reason for him to be there because back in those days they used uh, those little cards they'd put up there and it would shine up on the wall and he was the kid that did that but he had forgotten something. And when he busted my knuckles and I looked down at him, I tried not to get mad and he started to scream, look, look, my dad, my dad's here, my dad's at church. And that, that about killed me. I felt excited that I was there and that he, he, he loved it. But then I felt horrible because of all the stuff I put my family through all the me stuff, all the stuff that was pleasing my flesh and my mind and not my family's. And I just really felt bad. And as I watched uh, church go on and I accepted the Lord and I walked into church one day and I sit with my wife and I look at a friend of mine down there and he's on his knees. Frank had his arms up and he's just praying. And I said, Carrie, I hope someday I can lift my hands like that. You know, because at that point, I was, I was nervous. I didn't want to feel like I was showboating. I, I wanted to be, you know, when that happens, I want it to be because it's really happening. And he's filling me. And she says, that's amazing because Frank's dying. And I said, dying? Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, hey, time out. We're in church. God's going to save him. No, he's got a rare type of cancer. And I thought, not on my watch. So I was like, God, what are we going to do here? And I started running around and researching it and stuff. And we found a place in, up north and in the Bay Area. And they said, well, yeah, we could get him in here, but he's got to live within 50 miles. I started working on that. We got Frank into a house that my mom owned and we took all the guys from church. We got that house set up and we got him in there. And I was like, this guy's gonna survive. I did it. Lo and behold, eight months later, Frank passed away. Passed away in the hospital I sent him to. And I just wanted to say why. But I, I, I 
said, I'm not gonna question God. There's gotta be a reason. There just has to be. But I asked him, I said, what is the reason? Can you show me? And when we went to empty that house, this neighborhood that was kind of flighty, kind of crazy, uh, I got to talking to the neighbors. There was a reason. Frank led the guy across the street to the Lord over here. Frank led this family to the Lord. Frank, Frank was God's purpose. He led people to know Christ, which I was blown away by. I thought, oh my goodness. Okay, all right, I understand. As time went by, I ended up uh, doing videotapes. And I was doing videotapes for men dying of cancer. And they were Christian men, and they wanted to tell their story. And for me, <clears throat> I think it was a way of, I know it was a way of God changing my heart and my soul. Because see, when I grew up, I had friends that were shot and killed. I had friends that overdosed. I had friends that died in all kinds of horrible ways. And guess what? Boom, they're gone. It's a piece of meat. We just roll on. And now I have this peace and love in my heart and I'm watching these men die. They're no longer a piece of meat. They're no longer this thing that's just gonna disappear. They're something that is, the flesh is gonna go away, but they're gonna live forever. And I, I think that was the lesson I learned. Well, I know it was the lesson that I learned, but it was a hard lesson to learn. I watched some really good friends die because God was helping me take these guys to the bathroom, babysitting with them, just doing whatever I can, watching brain cancer take a young man, 38 years old, away. And I knew there was a purpose, so I quit questioning him. Well, we owned an air-conditioned heating commercial refrigeration company, and we were thriving. We were doing our thing, having a, a, a great time, and uh, we started to watch branches being pruned. We started to watch this fall to the side, this job fall off. You know, things were just not going the way I planned it. You know, we can plan all we want. If it's not in God's time, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's just going to burn and wither away and blow in the wind. So I watched our business start to decline. In the midst of this, I went and had a lunch with a friend, and I found out that when we share Christ's word, that we may start a following somewhere that is gonna be bigger than life. And what I found out was Pastor McCartney, or Coach McCartney, excuse me, that started Promise Keepers, was led to Christ by a gentleman from Clovis, California. That gentleman went to our church, Dennis Painter. And I saw this big circle and it led right back to us. So in the midst of losing everything, I knew that there was gonna be a purpose for this. But what was it gonna be? Was it gonna be being 
head of men's ministry, going and doing whatever. I didn't know. I just, you know, I'm not a smart person. I'm like, God, can you, can you tell me? We went and put our houses up for sale because people were bankrupting on us. We tried everything to keep our business going. And everything that we tried was just cut down. Cut down and gone. Right in the midst of all that, though, I seen a gal from church. She was pulling into this horse ranch. And I thought, you know what? I always found solace in a horse. I always found uh, a good breath. I always found a good feeling. It always freed my soul. So I pulled in. And I went walking up to Sue and I said, Sue, do you mind if I just hang out and see the horses? And she says, no, I, I don't mind. And I looked over and there was this horse in this pen. And I walked up to it and they told me how bad this horse was. He'll hurt you. He's been through this trainer. He's been through that. And I just felt this calming effect. And the lady came out and said, be careful with him. I said, well, can I have him? She says, yeah, if you're stupid enough to take him. So she gave me a halter. She wouldn't let me use her trailer. She said that horse would kick the crud out of it. So I walked the two miles to my house, trying to sneak a horse into the backyard. We had a property without my wife seeing. That didn't go over well. And I worked with that horse for two, three days, then two or three weeks. And that horse became a great riding horse. He's on 600 acres with a bunch of kids. Uh, God was putting horses back into my life. Next thing I knew, we were out of our house. We went to a house that we had up in Gold. We were living there and we couldn't keep the payments up. Traveling, my wife worked for a church and I'd have to bring her into town every day and we just couldn't do it. So we ended up getting into a rental. While in this rental, we had the police come in and tell us that we were squatting. We said, no, we put $1,500 down and you know, this, this place is, they said it's in foreclosure. So we prayed, what are we gonna do? I go out to this ranch and I fixed the electrical. The electrical was out in this ranch, but as I watched and looked at this ranch, I realized that the guy that was renting it from the owner was packing up to leave. So I let her know, I said, this guy's leaving. She says, oh, he's probably going to a show. I said, no, Vicky, he's leaving. He is loading everything up, including his horse trailers, and there's a U-Haul at the house. Well, this lady lives in South Carolina. So she checks it out, and, and sure enough, he's, he's bailing. So she comes up with this idea of saying, why don't you and your wife take over this place? I think you guys can do something good with it. And I'm like, I'm in the midst of losing everything. I no longer have a business. Uh, I have a truck that's getting ready to go back to Ford. I have an expedition that we own. We just lost our worldly possessions that were in a storage unit. All our pictures of life and videos and everything was gone. So we just sat there and prayed about it. God, if this is something you want us to do and there's something that we can do on that ranch, You've, you've given this opportunity, is it an opportunity that you're really giving it to us? And what I prayed for was that 
we would be able to come up with the $10,500 that she needed for the down payment. I prayed that we would have one person, because at that point in my life, I didn't want to deal with people. I prayed that we would have one person with 10 horses offset the cost of that 20 or 3,500 a month. I hear from Vicki, must be something to that power of prayer because I got a gal with 10 horses, but I don't want to rent a place to you. I want it to go to you guys or to the, her. I want it to go to you guys. So she says, I'm very excited about this. I'll memorize that 10,500 over a one year period. And normally I would jump on stuff like that, but there was this calming in my heart. And I said, no, that's adding another $800 per month. And I'll pray about it one more time. And we prayed. See, when I said earlier that I'd been stabbed and shot and, and eyeball popped out of my head, I had a talent. And that talent was going and collecting money from people. I had a cousin that would have me go do things. And he calls me one day and he says, you know, guy, I really don't appreciate you not calling me. He goes, I sent you a check. I felt like I should bless you with something. My blood went cold because this guy don't say bless. That's not the B word he uses. And it was like God was saying, okay, are you understanding yet? So we get off, I get off the phone after explaining to him about how we're losing everything. And I talked to my wife, I said, what do we do if he sent us a check for 10,500? Do we go find another house to rent? Do we put it back in the business and try and start over? Or do we take that 10,500, go to this ranch and start something? And we chuckled about it, went down to the mailbox, opened it up. There wasn't a note in there that said, I love you, I hate you or whatever. It was just a check for $10,500. And I said, okay, we're gonna go start a ranch. So we started this ranch and we started, we brought this gal in, that didn't work out. We started bringing horses off the racetrack, making them into trail horses and, and trying to sell them. And, and then uh, we brought in this other person and we were going backwards. We weren't going forwards. Pretty soon we owed Vicky almost 20 grand. And she calls me one night and she says, I just had an offer for the property. And I said, oh, as my blood chilled, I said, okay, when we, we will pay you back, Vicky. I will make sure all that money is, is there. She says, no, get rid of everybody on your ranch. There's a purpose for you to be there. A week later, we had a gentleman show up from Morgan Hill, California. And I have this racehorse, big stud horse named Bowie, tied. And I hear this noise. And I said, what in the world is that noise? And I look down the hall and he's pushing a little girl with cerebral palsy in a wheelchair. And I'm looking at the horse out here and the horse is getting nervous. And I asked him, can you park her right there? That probably wasn't the most best thing to say, park your kid right there. And he did. She wanted to get on the horse. I said, no, sweetie. She says, can I pet it? I said, no, your wheelchair will 
care of him. This man didn't appreciate that. They left. That night, I went and got in bed, and I couldn't sleep. I felt so convicted. I kept feeling the, the pain that I felt uh, of every time I had to call my mom and say, I'm in trouble again. I, I've, I've really screwed up my life. And I started praying about it. And God put that little girl right there. And I looked at her face and I went, okay, I know what we need to do. We took a little bit of money. We went out and found a horse. We trained that horse just like you would a certified therapy dog, uh, which we do have a pit bull named Daisy. And we used everything from walkers to wheelchairs to you, you name it, bedpans. And we started this procedure of training this horse. And then we brought that little girl back. The father was really reluctant, had a couple of guys from church and they're looking at me, you're gonna put that girl on that horse. And I said, yes. This is what I feel God's led us to. And we prayed about it. We picked her up, put her up, and I watched her sit up. I watched the, the skin color change. I watched her eyes light up. I seen that smile. And I almost cried. I said, this is, this is what, this, I understand. I know what you're saying. Since that little girl we, when we were running hot and heavy, we're doing 200 sessions for medically fragile children on our ranch. We are working with veterans, bus straight from the VA hospital. Our horses have been to Children's Hospital. We've been a California Nonprofit of the Year. We've been a California Image Award winner. We've won doctors or awards that doctors win. And that's not because guy's smart. That's because God put us where we needed to be and we're doing his work, not our work. We've watched children that were told would never walk, walk. We watched a young lady who was shot. She told me herself, the doctors told me I'd never walk. Took us three months to get her out of her wheelchair. She's playing softball in Clovis these days in junior high. We've taken kids that were told they would never speak and got them to speak. It's all God. It's not Guy. It's not my wife, Carrie. It's not our great board of directors. It's that horse. It's Jesus. And that's what's kept us as being one of the top therapy ranches in California. We've been in the Wall Street Journal. We've, been, uh, we've done some amazing things. I'm just blown away. I am humbled every day that God would have chose my wife and I to live on this ranch. The first five years, we lived on my wife's salary, $1,300. Then we went to $1,400. And now my wife's the only paid employee at the ranch. We live on a take home of $1,700. We've not made this about money. I've heard over and over again, your ranch will not survive unless you pay. And I say, fooey to that because my ranch is surviving because of Christ, not because of man. People are led to help us. People see the results and bless us. We see the results, we're blessed, and we're humbled. You just never know. So I would ask you that you 
pray for those that need to know the Lord. I would ask you that you would get on your knees for those that just don't know where they're going. I would ask that you get on your knees and pray for yourself, that you're able to open your eyes, that you're able to see where God has taken you, that you're able to know when it's God and not just a thought in your brain, that you're able to not be so closed-minded that you just walk and don't see it or hear. I would ask you to pray these things. I would ask that you pray for our ranch. And I would ask that you pray for the kids. Pray for these children who are medically fragile, who have one of a type. One, you know, there's, we have two young ladies that come. There's only five of them in the world that have this. And yeah, we just love what we do. And I think that's the end of my talk. Thank you very much. Where do you go? <laughs> I would like to play one video for you though. This kind of says it all. It's not us, it's Jesus. If we could run that video, I'd appreciate it. Make your count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the lie, but it was up to me. Jesus is the only name to remember And I, I don't want to leave a legacy I don't care if they remember me Only Jesus I, I've only got one life to live I'll second point to him only Jesus all the kingdoms built and all the trophies won will crumble into dust when it's said and done cause all that really matters did I live the truth to the ones I love was my life the proof that there is only one whose name will last forever? Jesus is the only name. Jesus is the only name. Jesus is the only name.
Wow, that's always touching to watch those videos. You shared those with me before. So, uh, Guy, I just want to thank you so much thank for coming you. and uh, telling us your story today. You know, um, uh, first of all, I'm sorry I deserted you out here. I went, ran oh, to go no, get something and suddenly realized, fault. oh, man, I'm supposed to be on stage. So yeah. uh, sorry to leave you on your own out here. That's but a, I was going to tap dance a little I'll bit. I'll tell you what. Yeah, well, that would have been interesting. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I, I love seeing the fruit of ministry that's driven by love and by Jesus and not by ego. Exactly. So thank you for just reinforcing that to us thank today. You. And, uh, you know, I, I want to take a second here and just say to some of you uh, that are listening, you know, you, you've heard Guy talking about knowing the Lord and accepting Christ in his life. If, man, that's why we're here as a church. And um, if somehow uh, today you feel the, the desire to open your life to Jesus Christ, you can do it right now, right where you are, right at home, uh, wherever you might be watching, uh, you can just say to him, Jesus Christ, I need you in my life. Yes. Come into my life. Yes. I turn away from doing things my way, and I ask you to forgive me, please, and come in and give me eternal life and begin to direct and lead my life. And that's going to make an eternal difference for you. It, it really is that simple because the God of the universe loves you and he wants you and you matter to him. In fact, we'd love to get something in your hands to help you to be sure that you understand what that's about. And it's something called a good news packet. And the simplest way for you to get it would be to just text the word today. Uh, just text that word today to the number you see on the screen, 58124. Just text the word today to 58124, and, and there's a packet. Uh, it's, it's just a conversation that I'll have with you and some other stuff uh, by way of PDF file. It'll drop right to your smartphone and help you to understand that. Again, text the word today to 58124, and uh, we'd love to get that in your hands. And before we um, kind of so sign off here and I toss it over to Tanya. Uh, I just want to say, you know, Guy, um, if people have been touched, maybe there's some people out here who they have a special needs kid or they know a wounded warrior that they think, wow, maybe this could be uh, helpful uh, for them. Yeah. Um, uh, they can get in contact with you. In fact, the simplest way, if, if you'll just email me, pastorsteve at northpoint.org, pastorsteve at northpoint.org, I think it's up on the screen. I'll shoot you straight to Guy and get you in touch with him instead of trying to give you phone numbers to write down and all that stuff. Just so, Pastor Steve at northpoint.org. There may be people, though, who perhaps they'd be, this touched their heart, they'd say, you know what? Uh, I could see myself, I love horses, and I, I love people, and I could see myself being involved. Um, and then, especially, I know this has been a hard year for you guys. Yeah. COVID came along, and, um, and I remember hearing that uh, one of your major fundraiser uh, concerts got canceled yes, because sure of it. Did, yes. And so, you know, there may be just some of you, if God is touching you to want to have financial support, and, uh, and, and he just touched you, it's God touches you to do that, email me, pastorsteve at northpoint.org, we'll put you in touch and uh, help you figure out 
uh, how to bless these guys with uh, with Thank what they're doing. Much. We really appreciate it.